MindView has just become our latest addition as a partner with Coaching You. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment, that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your player's mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I'm telling you today, you you better put a seatbelt on because you're going to be excited. David Nurse, who's Nick Nurse's nephew, uh, is an MBA life optimization coach. And you'll find out what that means. But I'm telling you, it will help you no matter what you do in life. It will help you get better. That's all I'm going to share with you. So after these timeouts, come back and get better with David Nurse. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. 
or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, David Nurse. MBA Life Optimization Coaches, our guest today. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Well, I got through that damn opening. Okay, this was about the fifth take, and I never need any. Okay, I, I am, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress here. It's you know, so, uh, you know, it's like a guy that you know is a pretty good foul shooter, and I go to the line like Dame Lord did the other day and missed two. So, I mean, I, that happens. Okay, so it happens to to all of us. But to explain to our listeners. And we have coaches all over the world, and we have coaches at the high school, college, and professional level in multiple sports that listen. Explain your definition of what an MBA life optimization coach is. Yeah, so an optimization coach is basically like like you just talked about. that You had a, a little off or a little missed some free throws, but we're going to get you back to 100% capacity to your potential. So... Uh, total optimization is about understanding literally how to function at your highest level constantly on a consistent basis and making sure you have that as your rhythm and your routine. So with with players that I work with, NBA players I work with, I talk about the 22 hours. And there's only two hours really you can be at maximum capacity on court and working. Mm -hmm. But the question is, what are you going to do with the other 22 hours? That's what separates I don't talk about separating the good from the great. It's about separating the great to the outstanding. It's that detailed. And I go in depth with players on how to develop the best sleep habits, sleep routine, because that's number one. If you're going to be able to perform at a high level, you have to have optimized sleep. A lot of people don't know how to get it, but once they do, it takes it to a whole nother level. It's like the, it's basically like how Tom Brady lives his life. That is mm -hmm. what total optimization is. It's nutrition. It's understanding what the right fuel is to go into your body, not just what good foods are, bad foods are, but what is perfect for you, for your energy source. And the biggest piece, to be honest, is the mindset development. Everything else is great. Skill set is great. The, the nutrition, the sleep is great. But the mindset development is where it all starts. That's the foundation. That's the core. That's where what I talk with players about how to develop the unshakable confidence comes from. So in a nutshell, total optimization is the 22 hours that you're not on court. What are you doing to improve yourself? One, and I, and I go by 1% steps. How are you going to improve yourself 1% daily in these, these different buckets in these different areas? You know, it's interesting. You say that uh, when one of Pat Riley's great books, uh, whether it was Showtime uh or the, his next one was about the winner within was about guys. We can win a championship with the Lakers. It, all we have to do, every one of us has to commit to get 1% better. And I thought that was brilliant. Go deeper in that. If you would. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, change is very tough and growth. Looking at things from a, a large perspective is really hard. It's daunting and it's overwhelming. But if you take those, those macros and break them down into the micros and just take 1% steps and focus on, hey, at the end of the day, can I ask myself, did I improve 1%? That the power in the compounding effect is one of the most powerful things there is. I always like to say momentum builds momentum. You stack these 1% days on 1% days, 
And then over time, I mean, you, you create these habits in this life rhythm where you're literally living out of subconsciously at this super high elite optimal level. And, and I, I talk about the 29 day blueprint to create this because it's study that 28 days is kind of the, the term of how long it takes for you to create a habit. And mm -hmm. I love habits and I love routines. Those are awesome. But why not make it a lifestyle? So on that day 29, that's when you get to decide, okay, I've been doing this, these 1% steps. Now it's a lifestyle. And a lot of people will get, oh, like we said, overwhelmed with these, these big goals. But if you chunk them down into small goals, small, super specific goals, so you know you're tracking your wins on your progress, like you will get to that point that, you, that you're shooting for. You don't know when you're going to get there, but you will eventually get to that point if you continue to focus on just 1% steps daily. And, and also tell people, they'll ask, well, what if, I, uh, what if I mess up? What if I get off for a couple of days? That's okay. You're going to fall off the horse. Get back on. There's never, been, there's never been a straight line to success to where you want to get. It's always a, an up and then a down, kind of like the stock markets. And it's just continue, but continuing to go up. So, yeah, I mean, the, the power is in understanding that, Hey, I don't have to do it all in one day. Like it's not going to happen overnight. It's the 1% steps to get there. Okay. So you played collegiately and then you played, you know, uh, ball overseas and then, and then, and then the D league and stuff. Okay. But now when, when you finished your career, as happens to all of us, when you finished that, what made you decide that you want to even go a step further? And at first you went and became, if I'm not mistaken on your steps, uh, you know, a shooting coach at the NBA level with the Brooklyn Nets. How did you get to that point where you knew uh, you wanted to go and do sports-specific training? Yeah, so my, my story is, and this is the epitome of why I wrote the book Pivot and Go, because my life has been the ultimate pivot, and a lot of us can relate to those situations. Like, literally, my life was poured into playing in the NBA, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere cornfields of Iowa, I ended up only being 6'2 and unable to dunk a basketball. So probably my parents should have told me to play golf or tennis or something like that. But, hey, they were really supportive and, and they, they, they helped me pursue those dreams. And literally everything I did was to pour into playing in the NBA. So let's fast forward. I'm playing over in Spain and overseas. And you made it sound really cool. Like I had a great career. Like I was this great player. But and this overseas basketball is more like Will Ferrell and semi-pro, like the the players on the team didn't even care about the game. They were more interested in where the party was going to be at after the game. But here I am putting in all this extra work, all this detailed film study, two-a-days, pouring into myself, and, and I get cut from this team. So literally all my hopes and dreams, and I had no backup plan, like none. All my hopes and dreams taken away, boom. Not just taken away, but turned upside down and rubbed in the dirt. So I go back uh, living on my parents' recliner chair in, in Kansas City where they're living for about five months, feeling bad for myself. And my mom would always, she'd always say these inspirational, motivational things. And usually it's in one ear, out the other ear, whatever, mom. But she said one that stuck with me. I remember very vividly, she was doing dishes. She said, David, when one door closes, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. And it hit me. I was like, it's eh, kind of interesting. I've never heard that before. And it clicked to me that everything I was doing to play in the NBA, all this detailed extra work, optimization stuff was actually to coach and help other players who were more athletically and physically gifted than myself to play in the NBA. 
So that's kind of where it's where it began. And it was a long process to even get to the the Brooklyn Nets. And and I literally that day when I figured that out, when my, when I heard that quote, I, I custom made some basketballs from China, ordered them out to the Oakland Seaport, got in my car the next week and drove 29 hours to the Oakland seaport, put those balls in my car and started traveling the country, driving, sleeping in my car, doing basketball camps for seventh grade girls teams or whoever wanted to do a basketball camp and did that for about five years and started going internationally. And it just, just really embracing that, Hey, I wanted to be the best shooting coach there is like, that was my new goal and my new mission. And I'm in Australia doing a camp and I get an email that says, Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. And I thought it was a spam email, of course, but it wasn't the next week. I'm the shooting coach with the Brooklyn Nets. No way. So that, that's kind of how it progressed to being, yeah, like all, everything I poured in was to play in the NBA, but really my pivot was just slowly making a small turn to see it from a different perspective. And it was actually my gift was to coach instead of play. So what is coaching for you? Coaching for me is is now is helping players individually become the best versions of themselves that they can be, which is very customized and specific to the players that I work with because everybody's different. And uh, like, like like for me personally, when I'm working with a guy, I'm going to know everything about them personally, like person now. I'll do personality tests with them. I got I got to figure out what makes them tick, what motivates them, gets them out of bed, fired up to get to the gym and work and continue to improve themselves. So. A lot of what I do as coaching is is not necessarily, hey, this is the drill to do or this is the X's and O's, but this is the mindset tool. This is the actionable step that's going to get you motivated, that's going to help you function at your highest level so that you can go perform for your team. And so that you can, and, and through doing this, they find a lot of like ex- excitement and joy in seeing this improvement. So not only are they improving on court, but they're over. They're improving their overall life off court as well. You know, I think uh, all of us, as we progress up, you know, are in our journey. Uh, you have people that you look up to and are helpful to you. Uh, maybe you know them. Maybe you don't. Maybe you read a book that they wrote. Maybe you hear them speak, uh, or maybe they give you an encouraging word along the way. Who are some of the people that you know helped you or? or that you were interested in, in learning from possibly along the way? That is, that's such a good question. And, and I love talking about this because a lot of people will think that comparison is a terrible thing. And you think of like the social media and the Instagram and drives people nuts comparing themselves with others. But that's the number one step in the unshakable confidence is confidence through comparison. So when I decided that, Hey, I'm going to become the best shooting coach in the NBA there is, I, and I was like, okay, who is currently the best shooting coach in the NBA? I'm going to just follow their path and what they did. Mm-hmm. And it was Chip England. So I yes. called Chip. I emailed him. I wrote him handwritten letters. I even traveled out to Las Vegas just so I could get the opportunity to meet him and talk to him. And he saw all that work that I put in. Trust me, he, it wasn't easy. But he took me under his wing. He taught me like some very, very important lessons of how to get to the point that he was at. And, and I like – and I, I did that with a lot of people. Like I saw people that I wanted to be like. like Eric Spolster is now one of my very close friends just from reaching out to him. Um, actually, the, the reason that I got the opportunity eventually with the Nets was because of I, I wrote handwritten letters to every single NBA GM. 
and only one got back to me, and that was Gary Sachs when he was with the Clippers. Right. And right. we basically like he basically said, "Hey, if you're ever out in L.A., we'll, we'll grab some coffee, get together." He's the, he's the best. And so I booked a ticket and flew out to L.A. the next week. Jeez. And since then, we've developed a relationship where he's like, that's how it led to the Nets. I lived with him for a little while when I moved out to L.A. He was even in my wedding on on my groomsman side. Like that's wow. It's the power. It's it's the power in true genuine relationships but it's also the power in hey you can reach out to anybody like it's it's not this success that you want this dream that you want it's not just for them like you can do it but our biggest defender our pat beverly defender is ourselves mm. i like that i like that a lot so one of the things we stress let's say in basketball player development the skill development uh, is as you just said, you know, it's really hard to be a, an excellent player development coach unless you have a great relationship with the player you're trying to develop because he won't trust you, okay? Uh, the Gannon Bakers of the world, the Joe Abunasars, these guys, you know, they have relationships with guys like Kevin Garnett, Ty Lu, forever, you know, and I think that's such an important part. Now when you're working on the mental side, mental skill side, uh, and I think of Trevor Moad and different people like that that are just brilliant, you know, in his relationship with Russell Wilson, for instance, you know, that there has to be that unshakable belief in you to trust you because I'm putting, in essence, my life in your hands. I don't mean to be dramatic, David, but yeah. in essence, I am. My career, if nothing else. How does that work for you as far as how do you, how do you forge that relationship? It's, you know, and everyone says, well, I want to work with, you know, God bless Kobe Bryant, you know, Michael <laughs> Jordan. I mean, we all want to work with those, you know, uh, the, the, the LeBron, the, the best players in the world. But the, you know, the, these younger, the kids that maybe are in 300 to 450 in the NBA, you can take those guys and make them into a top 200 player. That's harder than getting a guy from 50 to top 10, I think. Exactly. And that's such a great point. And it all comes back to the initial point you made on trust and developing trust and developing a genuine, caring relationship. So the biggest thing for me that I poured into is when I was started working with players and Aaron Baines was a teammate of mine in Greece and he was the first guy I started working with. Like I just, I just poured into him and I, I never concerned myself of, where the money is going to come from, like who's going to pay me. I did, I've, did, I've done more free workouts or free things for NBA players to, to just show them like this is how much I care for you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to literally like put myself but way beneath, way beneath you, put you up, and, and, and everything that comes of your success is all you, nothing to do with me. So at the core, like it all, it all derives from – pouring into others, genuinely giving, 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 and without expecting anything in return. And that's when these relationships happen. And like, that's, I mean, that's the fun in it too. Seven people in my wedding are NBA players, like all of our friends of mine that have become very genuine friends. And, and it's, it's based solely on the trust. And that's like, that's where they trust you on the mindset development, where they're giving you the career. That's where guys like, like Kyle Korver, Clay Thompson that I'm working with, who are the best shooters in the NBA, trust you on, hey, you're going to help them get better. Like, like the best players want to continually be coached because, one, 
you have built a relationship with them and you have garnered their trust and you have shown them that it's not about taking an Instagram picture, like the best trainers you'll see. And it's, it's funny to me now, it used to drive me nuts, but I don't, I mean, it does, I don't really care anymore. Like trainers on Instagram that'll take all these pictures and do all right. these videos and everybody thinks like they're the man, like the best one out there. No, I, I, I can tell you five guys who are amazing that no one's probably ever heard of because they are the servant mentality. And, and when I teach younger players, younger coaches coming up, I just, just say literally like serve, just, just serve. Look at your hands. And every time you enter the gym, just say serve, put the player before yourself and your own definition of success that you have. You know, you're, you're a big fan as I am of John Gordon. And, uh, yeah. and, and I think it's important that we take things like, uh, that you, we learn from someone like John and then, and put it into what we're working on. Uh, John literally, uh, several years ago, uh, changed the whole business model of coaching you. That, you know, based on our relationship, he said, this is what you need to do. He's a master marketer, but more importantly, he's a friend that I trusted. And when he told me something that we need to do, he's a big believer. He's spoken for us numerous times. And you know what? Yep. We did it, and it changed our whole perspective of what we've done. And, and you know, and I thank him for that. But, you know, John has a great saying that, you know, I think we got out of the book, The Carpenter, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, and, and I tell him all the time, I gave, I give John credit for it once and then it's mine after that. But, you know, so, you know, so what, it, what it, I think the biggest thing in coaching, I tell young coaches, and it's right along what you just said. It's about, you have to love the players you coach. You got to serve them and you got to care for them. Love, serve, care. And and I think that is the epitome. I know you're a big John Gordon fan, and I can see the positivity that oozes out of your pores. <laughs> you know, thoughts about that in, in yeah. optimization coaching. Positivity's got to be huge, right? Man, yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up John Gordon because he is – he is like literally my mentor role model and has become a very, very good friend of mine. And it's, it's all because I reached out to him another example of this and, and what I, what, what separates him from other people and, and people need to take this uh, and, and use it as well. Like he's real, like he'll tell me the hard, honest truth because mm -hmm. he cares about me and loves me. Like I was very close to taking the player development job with the Phoenix Suns this past off season. And everybody's like, Oh, that's, that's great. You know, the NBA, that's awesome. John was like, hey, is that really your goals? Like, is that really what you want to be doing? Or do you want to be motivating, speaking, writing books? And like, just having that person, having a mentor for you to, to guide you. And that is, I mean, it, it's amazing. He's going to write the foreword in my next book. He helps me with my, my speaking. But it's just, I mean, back to what you said, like, it's, it's about the relationships. It's about pouring into people genuinely. And it's about really, really honestly caring putting others before yourself and honestly caring about them and and if you do that like it doesn't sound it, it sounds like and i know when i say it people are like oh yeah well you can say that now that you've got to this level and then we'll work with these players but no like do it and you will eventually get there don't expect anything to happen overnight like i hate anything of instant success and i'm even a big believer of success and that's another whole thing we get into like what does success really mean i talk a lot about mm -hmm. that in the book but a big believer, if you if you have this instant success, you're not even ready for it. It's going to burn out. And I'm a big believer like in, in my faith in God. And I know that that God has the perfect plan for us that's going to happen. But we don't know when it's going to happen. But we have to prepare every day like our big opportunity 
is coming. Prepare every day, no matter where you're at, no matter what situation you're in. Understand it's about the 1% steps and understand that it's not going to happen overnight. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a quick story. Is One of my favorite quotes is, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> so my uncle Nick is coaching for the Raptors and, and they win the NBA championship in the first his first uh, NBA head coaching season. Everybody's like, oh, he got lucky. Lightning struck in a bottle, you know. No, he's been coaching a coach for 27 years, coaching at the small colleges. He's been coaching overseas and countries you don't even know play basketball. I, I've been over there where he taped in England, where he's taping players' ankles, popping popcorn at halftime. But but he lived in that, like, I am going to be an NBA champion coach. And I know when he was young, he envisioned that and put that, I think he put that on his fridge, like yeah, a picture of himself holding up an NBA trophy. And he lived in that every single moment. And last year, he lives in it. He is that NBA champion ch- champion coach and it took him 27 years to become that overnight success. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was doing a radio interview in Florida last week and, uh, and we have right now, we have some fabulous coaches in the NBA. It's, it's, I think it's really a golden age of coaching, you know, uh, people you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, from Budenholzer, you know, Nick and everything. And, but I think, you know, with people like, you know, Billy Donovan and Spo and guys like that, uh, yeah. Mike D'Antoni, what he does with Houston and Rick Carlisle, yeah. you know, and, and my former player and Doc Rivers, you know, just amazing what we have going. And so there's so many guys, the Terry Stotts of the world, right on down to 20, 25 of the guys you'd say could be coach of the year in a given year. And, and you know, and I, and I said on the interview, the guy said, well, who do you think is the coach of the year? And I listed all the guys that we talked about. I said, but the guy that's done the best job this year with his team, I think, is Nick Nurse. And the guy said, are you kidding me? And I said, no, the guy lost Kawhi Leonard. I said, and you watch him coach, and the things he does are just fabulous. And also the way he put his staff together. I love the way he put his staff together. Many coaches put their friends together. He went and put coaches together, and that can help him. Uh, and I think, you know, it is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, so I, one of my things I wanted to ask you, David is, okay, how does one, how do you obtain clients? How does one seek your services? How do, tell me that process, how that happens. Yeah. It's so not, it's, it's, it's not like you have an office in a tower in LA where they come and, you know, they walk in <laughs> on a road trip. How does that work? <laughs> Yeah, I wish it was that easy. Yeah. No, it's it's through it's through the relationships. It's through I know we've been harping on this, but it's through literally people trusting you and then like, oh, I love what this guy did. Like with Aaron Baines, for example, how we started. He's like, oh, I'll bring in some of my friends who play. And then they brought in some of their friends and then their agents got word of it. And then they started bringing in other players. And then eventually, finally, an NBA team heard of it too. But it was it's through like everything that, that I do is through referrals or or just some some agent i have a relationship with or some nba gm who wants to send their player or some other player who knows their friend needs the help and it's it's literally like i don't have anything that says this is my services or this is exactly what it's going to be and there's no people ask me for like what's my blueprint what's what's the can i do a cookie cutter thing for them i can't everybody's different mm-hmm. and everybody has to be coached different and that's that's the ultimate key in it too and to be honest like i got to speak on nick for for a second is he is unbelievable with relationships 
Like that is why he is so good is because he cares genuinely about his players and they know that and they can feel that. And when they feel like they're appreciated and they're empowered in their situations, you see guys that go undrafted or they're second rounders just playing with so much confidence. And it's, it's all attributed to that his relationship building and caring for players. It's not the, not the old school way of my way or the highway. No, people are going to coach people different and they're going to coach them to the best of their ability and empower them in their situation. And that's what I focus on with, with my players individually. And I know that's what, what Nick focuses on. Well, you know, I think I agree with uh, both of you a hundred percent. I think you have to coach every player differently. Uh, let me ask you this now. Not to name a particular player, because I know confidentiality is an important thing. Uh, but, you know, when you start with a player, how do you determine where to start with them? Yeah, that's so that's a great question. And I struggle with it first at the start where I thought everybody could do every type of drill and it would help them. Mm-hmm. And it, actually, I learned my lesson. And I could say his name because he's a really good friend with Joe Johnson in, in Brooklyn. And and he came to me asking me for a workout when I was first fresh out there. And he's a nine-time All-Star, probably just testing me, this young kid in here. And I, I throw through all these awesome, cool-looking drills. We're throwing tennis bals. Right. And have, I have him sweating. I'm giving him my best stuff. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Joe's going to love this. I'm sure he's loving it. And at the end, he was like, man, this had no application to what I do in the game. Like, he went through it all just to teach me a lesson. And I realized – all right, before I step on the floor with somebody, I need to know everything about them. I need to study their film. I need to know them personality. I need to know like as much homework as I can do on a player before I meet them to assess them, I'm going to do it. And also a big, big thing is is asking them what they need. Mm. Like seeing what they think that they need is they're going to probably know, especially at that level. But even if they don't, it helps them take ownership of what they say. So if if a player says, you know what, I need to get just I need to get better at getting my elbow higher and get more arc on my shot. Okay, now it's not just me telling it to him. Now we're going through this together, where he's taking ownership of having to work on this. So it's done through really studying and knowing your players individually. Also, really big for trainers out there, coaches that are individually coaching, like know what the team needs. Don't tell a guy that he's going to do these step backs or these cool moves and he's never he's never putting the ball on the floor in the game. Like, no, focus on your strengths. Like, what is going to keep this player in the NBA for a long, long time? Like with, with Kyle Corver, like all we do when we work out is we shoot threes. We come flying off screens. We shoot threes. Focus on the strengths. Because if you do one thing great in the NBA, you can play in the NBA. But if you do a lot of things good, you're probably not playing in the NBA. What you have a great um, ability to, and I think this is so important. I think uh, uh, Tony Robbins says, you know, you know, the enemy of uh, success is when we, you know, when we take things that are, you know, very complex. The key is we got to make them simple. So, what do you do to simplify? your coaching to a player because the guy's playing in a 48 minute NBA game. <laughs> yeah. He's not going, yeah. let me listen to that speech he made last week. You know, what do you say to, to help that player optimize who he is at that moment during the game or to give him confidence? Such a good question. And uh, yeah, you cannot throw the whole kitchen sink at somebody. I learned my lesson the hard way on that too. 
and tried to give a player seven, eight different things to remember on his shot. Like it just, it'll, mm-hmm. you just can't, you can't do it because you have to play with that ultimate feel that these guys have made them so talented. Yes, work on the improvements that you need, but it's, it's all about you have to play with feel. You, you know, you can't obviously overthink things, and then it just runs it into the ground. But I give my players. So first off, I'll give my players that they'll, they'll all create their personal highlight reel. They like to call it their swag reel. So whatever like their best game they ever had or put together some clips of the best performance they've ever had. And I have them watch it every morning when they wake up, every time before they step on the floor for practice and before every single game. So they're watching themselves two to three minutes of who they were at at their best. And they can live in that belief because far too often, even with NBA players, there's a lot of self-doubt that creeps in that, that holds us all back. As, as everybody, but even NBA players have this type of self-doubt and wavering confidence. But I want them to develop into their subconscious by beating it into their brain that this highlight reel, this swag reel is who you actually are. And this is who you're going to be when you step out there on the floor. So that's a very key point that I do for confidence development. And it, I mean, it takes over time. And also I have them uh, create their own keyword. So what a keyword is, is Kind of like that movie Inception where there's that top spinning. It, it just Whenever they see it, it kicks them back into that, that moment that they're in. Yeah, a keyword is a word that they'll say, the player will say, that no matter if things are going crazy or things are going uh, really good, like it just keeps them level. So one of my players' keyword is unshakable. When something happens, he just says unshakable. Boom. He's regrouped and he's back to where he was. And, and then it's about – I'll give you one more point for that is, is – the players don't base their base their success or base their joy on the results. So, for example, I was working with a player. Uh, I've been working with a player for a long time, and he had a really bad game the other night. Like, really bad game from the terms of what it looks like for stats. He was like two for 11. But we looked at his shots, like where his great shots are. He's, his great shots are getting to the rim and catch-and-shoot threes. And every one of those shots – was either that to the rim or catch and shoot three. So it's about divorcing the results from the process. And I know it sounds cliche to say focus on the process, but literally when I work with players, we don't, I never talk to them about points per game, shooting percentages, anything like that. It's all focused on did you take the best shot for yourself? Were you able to get that shot? And that's, and that's when all, all the makes and everything else, all the success comes around it. But it's the genuine focusing on the process, divorcing yourself from having your relevance and your confidence come from just results, because that's very, very wavering. David, is the Q word uh, always something offensively, or could it be something defensively, or something mentally? I mean, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. It can be. It can be defensively, offensively. It's 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 made to be overall mentality, like. Like I said, unshakable or hard work or something just, that yeah. just brings them back to just remembers that all that they put in, like they're out here. This is what they stand for. Like a great defensive player, we could have Bulldogs, something like that, like Pat Beverly, like that kind of thing where he just embraces being the best defender there is on the floor. Now, he's got a lot of confidence, but I'm sure he's had self-doubt creep into himself. But if I mean, he tells himself, OK, I'm the best defender in this league and I'm going to act like that then it the, the thought the the knowing that that's what you are it, it it triggers your brain it triggers your subconscious into actually being that kind of like we said with 
Nick's seen himself as an NBA champion head coach. Like he saw himself in that every day. And when you envision yourself in what you know you can be, that actually is, I mean, that's one of the most confident building things you can possibly do, the affirmations in, in who you know you are. It's almost like John Gordon's one word, you know, that, they, they, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, in a way, you know, you know, we each come up with one word to describe ourselves or give us something that we can focus on each year, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, and we used to, from the book, when it came out for the first five or so years, I would exchange with John my one word each year, you know, and tell him what and why. And then I told him I had to, you need to accumulate those one words. So if one year it was um, focus and the next year it was believe, you got to put it all together. You don't just, you know, throw it away and you don't delete it, you know, when you come to a new, you know, January 1. And uh, so all of a sudden one year I told John, he said, he, he would call me like the first week of January. What's your one word? I haven't decided. <laughs> I haven't decided. He called me back two days. What's your one word? Text me. What's your one word? And finally I said, Nike. He said, what the F is, why is Nike your one word? And I said, because Nike is about uh, dominate. Nike is about uh, you never stop improving. Uh, innovation and I, I listed like seven or eight attributes nice. of what Nike is about. Uh, there is no, what's Nike, one of Nike's things, there is, you know, there is no finish line, right, with Nike. That's what they tell their people that are developing products. Don't pat yourselves on the back that you just built the best Air Jordan shoe. There's no finish line, guys. Let's go. Let's go with the next one. And so I told, I had to explain to him what it meant to me. And, you know, so you can do that with a player, and I think that's a great way to coach him. Do you let his coach, let's say it's a player, you know, on uh, Nick's team with the Raptors, do you tell Nick or anyone on the staff what your uh, client's one word is so he can help you if you're not at the game? I, I haven't, but, I mean, probably should. I, I let the players take it on their own ownership sure. if they want sure. the coach to know it or if they want to do it on their own. But you hit a good point, like, I always check with the coaches that these players are playing with, and I've been able to develop a relationship with a lot of these coaches in the league. But it's it's also helping these coaches. Like, what what do they want as another voice, an outside voice, to help further on the mission that they have? Because far too often, there's a lot of trainers and players' ears telling, "Oh man, you could be getting 20 shots a game. You should be going for 40." No, I mean just know what's best for the player and what's best for their team. Do you, do you find uh, with, you know, you have team players on several different teams. Do you find, uh, do A, do people on the coaching staff or the front office know you're working with a player? That's question one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, major the majority of the time now, more than before, but, but yes, the majority of the I time. I and would think so, yeah. Yeah, which is good, I think. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, do you find them to be supportive? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yes. I yeah. think that that is so important uh, for both the player and yourself. You know, don't be jealous that you know, you know, because a lot of guys were like, you know, what what's he got that we can do that? No, you can't. You can't be everything to all people, yeah. right? You know, I mean, yeah. and I I think that's one of the biggest things that. Uh, I recognize as a coach in the league for over 30 years, I, I recognize 
you know, I might be very good at developing uh, strategies and schemes and stuff like that. But you know what? I might not, even though I cared so much about mental skills, I might not be the best for all 12 guys. And I might also might not be the best player development guy for all 12 guys. So don't be upset if they seek outside help for that at all, at all. You know, the object is to optimize the talent of the player and the team, (laughs) you know, and if you're worried about yourself, then you're not worried about the team as a person with a squad from a coaching or front office standpoint. What is the biggest, biggest challenge that you find in your business right now? Man, yeah. So uh, first to touch on your point, you're exactly right. When Ryan Holiday wrote the book, Ego is the Enemy, like that is the truth in anything in life, in the NBA, anything. Ego, just let that ego go. The biggest challenge for me personally is I'm very intrinsically motivated and very, very driven, and I just want to continue to influence people. And, I mean, the book that I have out and speaking, like I always want to do more, but it's – it's and I, I want to have I want to have my players have success. I want to I want to get more great clients. Like I always have that feeling of I, I want to do more. And maybe you, you say maybe that's not a bad thing. I mean that's it's great motivation, but it also is like you got to have you got to have some type of balance in it. And sometimes for myself, I'm like, man, this guy's this guy's doing this as a coach, or this guy's doing this as an author. Why can't I be there right now? And it's and it's kind of like, hey, I'll stay. I'll, I'll teach all this stuff. But sometimes I got to take my own teaching. Yeah, no, I I think that's so, so, so critical. Biggest challenge you've ever had in your career with a player? Without naming a player. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? It, it was a few players. And and that's when, and it's when I realized that, hey, I can't motivate somebody who doesn't want to be motivated. And that's when I de- decided that I'm only going to work with people that I want to be around. I had a summer where there was two really talented players I was working with out here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was like the workouts were just man, it was just like pulling teeth. I, I, I dreaded going to the workouts because they wow. were just they're no fun because the guy didn't want to be there. He wanted to live the lifestyle in the NBA, but he didn't really love it. And it's been my determining factor when I see a player or ask to work with a player. I got to determine first. And I think this is the biggest thing that NBA GMs can look at for draft players too is, is it a player that will drag you to the gym or do you have to drag them to the gym? And that there's a huge difference in that. I couldn't agree more. Do you, do you love the game? Not like it. Do you love the game? I agree with you. Let me, let me ask you this, David, you know, because I mean, my mind, you know, you know, quote unquote, you know, my life is that of a coach, a basketball coach, but so much more. Um, I got to think there is absolute, and I not think, I know there is a huge place in this in the corporate world. Any aspirations to deal with clients there? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what I've been pivoting in from this last year. Actually, I gave a big talk to Nestle before the world shut down. I've been doing a lot of Zoom ones for like Dell, Intel, some big companies. And and I love it because these guys are motivated in their field, these CEOs, these high performers, these salespeople. So the, the stuff that I've been teaching NBA players correlates so well in the corporate world. And it's I mean, I just really love being around people that have that are very 
passionate about something like this really want to be the best salesman that there is and want to improve and continue to have that that constant mindset of the one percent mindset that you always want to learn and learn some more so yeah i'm man i i I love speaking to companies and as you can probably tell i i get pretty fired up pretty juiced up i I love that and i was going (laughs) to encourage you because i think with people that i work with uh our business is frankly 50 50 on basketball and corporate and stuff like that uh but you know, what are, I'm going to ask you what I call my miracle question, okay? Yep. Where does David Nurse see himself in two years? In two years. I love that question. <laughs> I am going to be Tony Robbins mixed with John Maxwell, mixed with John Gordon, and with the sports basketball side on it, with the, with the Tim Grover in there, too. So that four combination. Another He's, great friend of mine. Oh, Tim oh, Grover. Oh, nice. I don't know him personally, but oh, I, I, I made him. him like I, I tell Timmy all the time, and he tells me I made him a millionaire. He's so appreciative because we beat Jordan's right. ass up so much. He he had to hire <laughs> Tim, and so that right. and, and so and Tim is the best. Relentless is his theme. But uh, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, two years from now, okay, I love that. I think that is yep. so great, and I think that's the way you got to think, my friend. You are an optimization guy waiting to happen i i where can people get in touch with you whether it's from the corporate side a player a coach uh if he would like to talk learn more from you and also work with you so yeah uh my website davidnurse.com you can check out my new book that just dropped last week pivot and go love it on amazon or anywhere books live and a lot of these mindset tools that we've been talking about are are in there with actionable steps in it. Uh, social media, David Nurse NBA, Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, very accessible. I mean, just if, if, if I can help you in any way, anybody listening, reach out on Instagram or, or email me on my website and I'll definitely get back to you. Or come out here to the marina and hang hang by the beach with me. That is in L.A., folks. That is yes, in L.A. Marina Del Rey. For yes. Some of our listeners around the world, they're not sure which marina to go to <laughs> if they're in Barcelona yeah. or out in, 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 on the south coast of France. Uh, but Nick, I'll tell you what, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, I'll tell you what, he's a superstar. But you ain't far behind him, brother. I'll tell you <laughs> what, David. Uh, really fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing time with our coaches and and people that listen. And uh, I, I'm just so excited uh, that we had an opportunity to get together. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for the light that you are to people. Like You have done a ton of things in your career. And you continually give and pour into others and encourage others and speak positivity into others. So, like... Thank you for having me on, but thank you more for what you do. My honor. Thank you. I told you it was special. Uh, We all, every one of us in coaching, in business, in parenting, need to learn about how do we connect better to our children, to our players. David Nurse is an expert. He's going to become one of the real superstars in the industry in the next few years. Uh, I loved his answer when I asked him, what do you want? Where do you want to be in the next two years? That's who he is. That's optimization. This is someone who is all about helping people, taking them to the next level. More importantly, helping you get to your next level. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. 